This show is supported by State Farm. You have insurance for your home, your health, and your car. Why don't you have insurance for your small business? So many small business owners think they don't need or don't even know about small business insurance. Protecting a source of revenue is one thing, but so is protecting all of your hard work and your team members. State Farm agents are all small business owners too, so they know how to help small business owners choose personalized policies that fit their budgets. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Our fugitive today was wanted on a Texas parole violation. If he hid well enough in his mama's house, Rodney Bryant Carnes was convinced he could evade law enforcement. He didn't count on the Marshall's Lone Star Fugitive Task Force to dismantle the house right around him. If law enforcement comes to your house, there's often a feeling like, look, if they do any damage at all, if there is anything misplaced, if there is a smudge on the wall, if there is a spot on the carpet, law enforcement will spend a lot of money to make it right. And in some cases, that is true. But in some other cases, it's not so true. And that is the case today. I'm Chris Gotzik. This is chasing evil. We are talking about Rodney Bryant Carnes and the extent to which he went to prevent law enforcement from finding him and the extent to which law enforcement actually went to find him. And we have drawn quite a crowd today, so let me welcome everybody to the podcast. We have Tyler Tapman, who is with the Texas Department of Criminal Justice Office of Inspector General. He is a task force officer with the Lone Star Task Force here in Austin. That's a lot of titles. Yeah, it's it's a it's a mouthful for sure. Yes. Continuing with that mouthful from the Texas Department of Criminal Justice, Office of the Inspector General, Gary Newberg. And uh, we have two deputy marshals from the Lone Star Fugitive Task Force here in Austin. Brandon Fila, you could say hello. Hello, how you doing, Chris? I'm <laughs> good. Welcome, sir. And Michael Calvary. How are you today? Very good. Thank you for coming. And from Williamson County, we have the top man, Sheriff Mike Gleason. Welcome. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me. And we have Terry Ballard, who's a detective, also in Williamson County, who uh, is from the Special Operations Bureau. Hello. Welcome. Let's just jump right into Rodney Bryant Carnes. How does Rodney Bryant Carnes come to your attention on this particular case, and what do we know about him? He was wanted for a parole violation, which meant that he had been to prison. Yes. So what was he in prison for? Uh, dangerous drugs. Uh, but he had other stuff on his right. background. And what is dangerous drugs? I mean, I what mean, are we he, talking about? He could have been in possession of meth, oh, you okay. know, heroin. So dangerous drugs. He also had a uh, fresh warrant for, what was it, Gary? Assault with injury out of Bee Caves, Texas. That's right. Yep. And he was a suspect in... A few other things. Uh, we talked to a detective. He said he was possibly in possession of stolen firearms and uh, a stolen vehicle. What was the violation of his parole? Like, what what would he have done? There's plenty of ways to violate your parole. There's technical. You could commit a new crime. 
Uh, I believe this one was just a technical violation. Sometimes they just put you in timeout for 30 to 90 days. Okay. So he had a parole warrant through Texas Pardons and Parole. Which is considered a felony warrant. Yes. Oh, okay. So that makes its way to the Lone Star Fugitive Task Force. Yes. Correct. Okay. Yep. Most of these are hardened criminals that have been arrested multiple times. So they're not really easy to find. For this case, I mean, sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. <laughs> uh, on, the, on his parole information, it does have his listed address. Okay. Yeah. Who yeah. he's staying with and his relatives. I believe this was, this was his registered address was his mom's house. What kind of precautions are you taking knowing that perhaps he has a, a stolen firearm? He's obviously has a bit of a violent past. He's may not want to go back to jail. Do you show up with a, a, a fugitive team? Is it just uh, just the two of you? That day, I believe we showed up with it was Gary I and then two uh, Taylor PD officers. We had a feeling that that it would go fairly easy since he was living with his mother. Okay. Seems like a reasonable assumption. So you pull up, and what do you encounter? I saw his, uh, his vehicle in the uh, driveway. We made our approach. Upon approaching the, the residence, the back team ran into the mother, who immediately went inside the house. And she opened the front door for us three to go inside. And she's like, yeah, he's sleeping upstairs. Is that normal that the family uh, cooperates, or the mother in particular? Not always. Usually they lie to us. The mother was very cooperative. She was an older lady. Right. Yeah. But as they say in Texas, bless your heart. Yeah. And, and he, she she was very helpful, right? Yes. Yeah. And, I, and I'm and i pretty sure she knew that he had an extensive, you know, uh-huh. she knows his history. And right. she just wanted the situation to be diffused and over with. Right. We went inside. She's like, hey, he's sleeping upstairs in his bedroom. So this house was kind of a like a multi-level like a one and a half story house. Yeah, right. like a split four-year type. Went yes. in, and then the uh, his bedroom was above the garage, but it wasn't. The garage was like dug into the ground a little bit, okay. and his bedroom was just up uh-huh. on the, I guess, one. It was one. about five stairs that yeah. we had to go up, and there was a doorway with no door on it. Oh, I had a door because you had me kick it open. Oh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, so I kick open the you've door. Ki- you've kicked open so many doors. Yeah. Who can possibly well, remember? Tyler's a lot younger. I was, yeah, I was pretty young. <laughs> I mean, I was, this was 13, uh, 12, 12, 12 years ago, 11. Years. Yeah. Okay. So I remember kicking open the door, right? It was locked. And we pounded on the door. Hey, come to the door. And uh, as soon as we started making contact with the bedroom door, that's when uh, we heard, I could hear, actually, I didn't even hear it through the radio. Uh, I heard Aaron giving commands because he was trying to pump up, jump out the window. Oh, okay. And uh, that's when I started to. That's when I kicked in the door and I encountered him right away. And he started act like he was shooting me with his finger. With his finger. Okay. <laughs> and then he dove into his closet, and he's like, "I got guns in here." And so we kind of just backed off, right? Because of the intel that we received that he's possibly uh, in possession of stolen weapons. So at that point, we backed down, and I believe just to the living room, or did we? We stayed in the bedroom for a little while. A little bit, yeah. And in the doorway. Mm-hmm. We tried to, yeah, we tried to get him to come out, but he, he wouldn't come out. And when you were talking to him, he wasn't coming out because he's not going back to prison? Is, what's, what, does he give a reason? I didn't do anything? No, he didn't really give a reason. He just didn't he want just, to come out. He okay. taller and he had a gun. Yeah. And he was going to shoot us if we tried to enter the closet. Yeah, he did okay. say that. And we backed down a little bit, and then, but he was definitely uh, pounding his way, trying to get out of that closet, and he ended up sliding down the wall. 
yes. into, into the lower part. You get, he broke a hole in the sheetrock. Is that the first time that you've encountered someone trying to mold their way through their... Yeah. That's the first encounter where they've gone through a wall. Yeah. yeah. At that point, we're calling for assistance. We're yeah. calling for more deputies and TFOs. and Task force officers who work with the marshals on the uh, Lone Star Fugitive Task Force. Right. A short while later, Tyler, we're downstairs and here's a sound in the um, utility room where the washer was. And goes over there and sees him in the wall. Remember that? Yeah. In the, See, what do you mean he's in, in the, the wall? He's trying to come come out of the wall. Yeah. And, and then Tyler yells at him, and he goes back up. Yeah. And then that time we left the house. Literally in the wall. Literally he's in the wall. Trying to kick his way into the utility room. Wow, that's so that's quite a space. Because normally you don't have you normally have the the sheetrock go against the wood. Yeah. He molded his way through. I don't wow. know how he did it, yeah. but he did. Okay. So he's in the wall. So. And at that point, mother is still in the house. Yep. Right. And I remember before we ended up taking the mother out, she had this huge shelf of like trinkets and like little novelty items. Figurines. She's like, yeah. She's like, please do not knock those over. Be careful. Whatever I mean, you guys uh, right. do. I mean, you get the sense that she's spent years and years yeah. collecting these things. Yes. I mean, I was like, and I told her, I said, we'll, we will do, we'll avoid whatever we can. Right. But clearly, your heart goes out. Like, this yes. woman spent... She was I mean, these are kind. not knickknacks that you're going to find, you know, on a weekly basis. This is, yeah. you know, going to all kinds of different corners and shops and flea markets and, yeah. you know. Yes. So, I mean, her house is very well put together. Right. I mean, you could tell she had... Very neat. A right. lot of pride in what she what she owned. Right. So and, we, uh, yeah. we get her... We take her out and we um, take her across the street to a neighbor's house uh-huh. that she knew. So we told her, you're going to have to wait over here. And which she did. Right. Okay. And you had also put out a call to Williamson County SWAT team. Correct. Yep. Okay. Because their their task force officers were on, they were, they were on the task force also. So. Right. We we had uh, called Williamson County SWAT. Right. Because okay. of a barricaded subject with uh, supposed to be in possession of a weapon, which is normal procedure. Right. This show is supported by State Farm. Insurance is a part of any solid financial plan. Making sure you have the important things in life covered is one of the best ways to give yourself a little breathing room when things go awry. It's important to protect not only your business, but yourself as a business owner and all current and future team members. State Farm agents know what it takes to run and protect a small business because State Farm agents are all small business owners and they live and work in your community. So they're deeply attuned to what's happening with other small businesses in your market. If you have a small business and are interested in making sure you're protected, reach out to your local State Farm agent to learn more about what you need. They'll help you find the right policy at the right price for your business. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. At the time, Sheriff Gleason, you are in charge of Williamson County SWAT? At the time, I was uh, the patrol commander, rank of captain. Okay. And so I was the uh, uh, TAC-1 was my call sign. I was the tactical commander. And Terry, you are also? Yes, I was uh, operator at the time, yes. As you're rolling there with, with your SWAT team, what do you know about what, you're, what kind of situation you're getting into? My job as the uh, tactical commander is to uh, evaluate all the intelligence that's coming in from my boots on the ground, historical data, things of that nature. And uh, from what I've gathered already uh, is we have positive ID that he's there. For lack of a technical term, he is under arrest. 
So all the other types of negotiations and things that are dictated by the Supreme Court, someone who's under arrest is completely different than somebody who, say, is barricaded because they're suicidal. Someone who's suicidal, the Supreme Court says you'll negotiate, you'll negotiate, you'll negotiate, and then when negotiations fail, you negotiate some more. When you're under arrest... All bets are off. You're under arrest, and we're coming after you. That's Mm -hmm. why the task force had mom removed from the house, get her out of danger. Uh, Your curio cabinet, we will do the best that we can, but no promises. It's your idiot son that puts you in this predicament, and it's not my problem. And so my problem is keeping everybody safe and getting them home. And uh, and if I break a trinket or two, oh, well, that's the price of doing business with us. And so... So I'm, I'm having to play the fine line because as a captain, I have a chief deputy and a sheriff ringing my phone off the wall going, what are you doing? Why are we helping? Why are we in a city? Where's Taylor Police Department? Why aren't they doing this? Why isn't the U.S. Marshals flying people in from all over the world to do this? And I'm like going, boss, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> right. you know? And so uh, and I go, we're here. It's ours. We own it. And, uh, and we're committed. Right. And so, and uh, and the U.S. Marshals carried it as far as they could for, for safety reasons because they only have so much equipment that they tow around with them. And here, I here I have this armored vehicle rumbling outside, you know. And so I have the equipment, and uh, so I'm trying to to balance how much of this house do I dismantle and going after him. I don't know where he is, and I can't from recalling this as long ago as it was. I'm still trying to remember. Did he slip out? Where did we mess up? Where he got away? Mm-hmm. Where did he rabbit? Where did he squirt out? We weren't we weren't watching for one second, and that's when he got away. Now, do I need to have everybody in the world looking for this dangerous guy outside this perimeter, right, right. or is he still in there? So right. I'm, I'm I'm just this intel gathering machine, but also trying to save his life. I have negotiation people trying to talk to him. I have my crisis negotiation teams going to the house in the vehicle in the armored vehicle loud hailing him too to no avail and so when we don't get any response i'm like going well i go back to the park well he's under arrest we can't sit out here all night long trying to talk nice to him so uh, that's where we start you know you're under arrest and then my normal routine at the time was is i can only guarantee your safety for five more minutes this is your opportunity to come out i can guarantee your safety for five more minutes if you don't come out then we'll go to alternate measures and then we started five minutes past he didn't come out so we started pumping gas you know and every type of gas we could now the, these these gas projectiles i saw a picture of one they're like mini missiles they yes. don't they don't you know, you know you're not lobbing it and it bounces oh it hit a wall and yeah. it bounces off these projectiles are, are these they they'll, penetrate. they'll penetrate yes they will the, they, these rounds go into and the, that. And there's a method to the madness on there. Uh-huh. You know, it's just not praying and spraying. You know, there's a method to the madness. You want to shoot them through vents in the attic. You want to shoot them because that gas, excuse me, will dissipate and float down. And uh, uh, we found that this guy, especially nowadays with uh, with people that have been in the military, uh, this is not a shot at the military, but uh, a lot of the equipment that the military issues their soldiers seems to find its way out of the military and home with them. Check. So it's not uncommon for some of these people, especially if they suffer from PTSD, PS, PTSD, excuse me, they still have gas masks and all the, you know, equipment that they're issued. And so uh, we have to get more inventive with the gas that we use. And so there's gas that, that upsets the respiratory system. Mm-hmm. 
or we put in gas that upsets the uh, the skin. That's an irritant. So even if you have a gas mask on, I can pump another type of gas in there to where it just burn you so bad you want to get out of there. Right. And so uh, water becomes your friend. And so uh, so we start, you know, there's people have uh, lots of recipes, you know, that they do. You put so much CN, CS, whatever you use, you know, oleo capsicum. Um, but one of the, the guy that taught my school said his favorite recipe uh, was LOTS, LOTS. Because you cannot kill somebody with it, so you just keep pumping it in there. You physically right. cannot die from from gas. Right. So you just make it so horrible. But then again, you're going to ruin this person's house. And once again, now mom's the ultimate victim on this one because he doesn't care. Right. He he could care less. Right. But mom so, has been helpful, so yeah, yes. we're we're very sympathetic to mom. It, absolutely, absolutely. Right. And that's the kind of the fine line I'm still playing back and forth. Right. When do I finally just say you won? Right. You know. Right. But then I also have to report. To 30 of these guys that are going boss we did good we're here we got him we can't leave you know and, right. and the marshals are going we're not leaving we're not leaving but then i've got two people above my pay grade going get the hell out of there right you know okay so this. you've got a lot you, you're, you're being pulled as, exactly in two, at stop, least two different directions madness yeah right. and so uh so i'm playing that fine line and now going into it, you know, these guys are all wearing 60, 80, 100 pounds worth of gear. They're dehydrated. They're tired. They need to be replaced. So now i got to call in Travis County Sheriff's Office, who we have a great relationship, and their team has to come back fill my right. team so I can get these guys a break. Now i got to feed them. i got to water them. i got to do all this, right. this kind of thing. So, uh, so, yeah, it turns into quite the event. So from what I heard, you pump in a certain number of rounds – Wait to hear something. Wait to hear coughing or wait to hear someone say, okay, I'm coming out or give you some indication that what you're doing is having some effect on ending the situation. And you don't hear anything. Right. And, and I, this is just the world according to me, what I think happened. Mm-hmm. I think this guy was more prepared than we had let on or that we believed. So you don't hear anything. You're putting in rounds. And I was told that you put in something on the order of 70 rounds. I made a joke earlier uh, when we were just talking casually out in the hallway. And it's because we didn't have 71. Right. You know, and, that, <laughs> and then Travis County kind of went through the same scenario as right. well. So they there's didn't... no there's no overkill because these are not lethal. Yeah. And the more you put in, the more likely to have an effect because... I was told that some levels of gas, depending on how dense it is, will even defeat a gas mask. Yeah, yeah, that canister only lasts so long. You know, where where it's it's filtering that charcoal's filtering that gas. Well, eventually that filter just goes bad, and you might as well just take that thing off and start breathing it straight, or you're going to suffocate. Right. How long does this go on? We were there hours and hours and okay. hours. This is not minutes. Started during the day, and the, the it's dark out now. <laughs> right, right. And of course, wanting to take care of your men, you come up with the idea of perhaps we should feed them some nutritious. I and and I can see through the house at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I can see flashlights on the other side, and so yeah, it's we we're we're steadily taking that place apart. 
brick by brick, board by board, and do we nail know, by nail. Do we know how the trinkets are doing at this point? Has there been a report on the trinkets? I don't recall any reports on okay. trinkets. All right. As we're going through this, that remains uh, you know, kind of at the forefront of my mind. Yeah. So you got to feed your guys. Mm-hmm. What kind of gourmet meal do yeah, you it's pizza. Do they get? It's always pizza. They get pizza. Yeah, it's always pizza. It's quick and fast and fill your stomach. There's nothing real right, pretty about right. it. I mean, you see a SWAT guy running across the backyard with a Domino's box and a rifle on his back. You know, so there's nothing really tactical or camouflage about that right. at that point. And the only reason I really bring it up is because this will then come back to bite you. Yes. Yes. And and I think <laughs> I think people should know the kinds of fights that a tactical commander of a top flight SWAT team has to fight. And I guess if you're going to have a bean counter, you know, then you want a good bean counter. Right. Kind of like the old saying, if you're going to be a bear, be a grizzly. You know, so if you're going to be a bean counter, you want your bean counter to have the first nickel they ever made. <laughs> and so uh, so when I ordered pizza without their permission to feed my people and, and the marshals and everybody else who's there, you know. Uh, yeah, we have a thing that says uh, in the county budget order that if it's not a direct benefit to the taxpayer then it's taxable. So they want a 1099, my people, and refuse, because that's a gift. Buying an employee a meal is a gift, and that's taxable in Williamson County. Okay. And so, uh, so yeah. So the, they wanted the SWAT guys to pay tax on the pizza. Yeah. Okay. And I said, no, I'll just, I'll just write a check, you know, and I mean, I'll just pay for it myself since I ordered it. It's my responsibility. Um, but that's not good enough. That's, it's, it's the principle of the matter that I made a decision without their permission. Right, right. And eventually, you know, and I paid for it on my county procurement card. So, you know. <laughs> now, we mentioned this on the podcast, not because this is the sexy stuff, but because I'm. It, it's, it's my reality. <laughs> this is the stuff that people who work in government sometimes put their head through a wall yeah. when they have to deal with this. And it's, it's unfathomable to the general public that this becomes Pizzagate. Yeah. Uh, and, and you're in the middle of this, you know, tactical uh, operation, and this is what you have to worry about is getting 1099s for you guys to pay tax on a slice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think that's, uh, I'm glad we mentioned it. It's important. And uh, we go on. Your guys are now uh, well-fed, and the house is not looking good. Yeah, it's like a piece of Swiss cheese by now. Yeah, and still no sign of life. Right, and I'm convinced, or at least I'm being convinced that by the powers that I report to that he's gone. Calling all lovers of mystery. Prepare to don your detective hat in June's Journey, a free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. Take a trip in time to the glitzy 20s and play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. The thrill is endless with new chapters added weekly, allowing you to not only enjoy the detective adventure, but also to personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. He got away when you weren't looking. Right. Shame on you. Better luck next time. All that good stuff. But then I got all these 30 people that are boots on the ground that are staring at this place going, he did not get away. He's there. He's there. He's there. And uh, at the time, and and by no means i would say this to his face uh this is not disrespect i have the utmost admiration for him uh but the chief that i was answering to mm-hmm. him 
um, his nickname at his previous job was Commander Comma, because anytime you wrote a memo, he was going to find the mistake. <laughs> and so, and so, when I'm talking to him on the phone, I can tell you every piece of information that you ever wanted to know: his hair color, his weight, a DNA sample, and then he'd go, "But what color socks did he have on?" God. My, my point being is, I'm not going to win this this event, this conversation on the phone at Check. night. You know, it's getting close to night, night time. Right. You know, and everyone wants to go to bed. And right. So, yeah, we, you just need to pack your toys and go home, and maybe he'll just appear tomorrow. Got it. I so, think, I think I should mention also during this time that Mike and Brandon get there. Right. Arrive. So, Williamson County exits. Still not sure what happened to him. And so now Mike and Brandon arrive. I haul butt to Taylor, which is probably, you know, 45 minutes from right here in downtown Austin. And I get to the scene because, you know, this is also an area where I grew up. And let's be clear, you're probably driving trooper speed. Oh, absolutely. We're, yeah. yeah, we're on the toll road okay. and uh, we're going as fast as we can to get there because you're like, man, something's going on. You know, it's going to be interesting. I remember parking my vehicle and I just see this. I just see smoke coming from this house. And I'm like, is this thing on fire? You know, I think that's when I walked up to Tyler and Gary there on the side of the house. They're like, hey, man, we're just uh, SWAT took it over, you know, pretty much telling the story. The guy barricaded inside. In terms of barricading himself, he came outside at one point and then went back in, right? Yeah, we remember because at the time we were gambling. We are like, all right, where would he be hiding in this house? Uh, because this was a house that was on pure beam, right? It's not It's not on a slab. It's on pure, pure beam. Okay, so for those of us who, you know, don't have the construction bug... And don't watch house flippers. What what does that mean? Pure beam is, you know, you have the plumbing really that's exposed under the house. So if there's any type of plumbing issue, you crawl under the house, you can fix it, right? Uh, it pretty much sits on concrete blocks or some type of wood platform. It's like a two-foot crawl space. Yeah. Kind of like a, what a mobile home sits on. Okay. Is there anybody in this room besides me who doesn't know anything about construction? Because you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's the pure beam, it's a concrete slab, and it's the... The pure beam is more of a southern... Like a southern thing. Ah, okay. All the rock. Yeah. Right. Otherwise, like if you're up north, you're going to have basements or at least right. a dugout crawl space. And you're going to have everything's going to be on block. By the way, I wanted to go back. At what point did he nail the door shut? So we were standing there. SWAT already uh, had containment on that house with the Bearcat pretty much right immediately in the front door. And at that point, you could hear everybody say, hey, the door's opening up. And uh, that's when he presented himself. And, I mean, he immediately went back inside. And then he started nailing the door shut. And then, you know, there was a pause, you know, because everything's over the radio. And then you just hear the background noise of that hammer going off again, probably which is that same hammer uh-huh. uh, that he was using in that closet when Tyler and Gary and, and Aaron were there uh, inside that residence. And he started nailing the door shut. Yeah, they, I remember them saying he was nailing the door shut from the inside. Right. Um, and I, I believe that's when, you know, Williamson County continued to do those verbal commands because now they're trying to get some, you know, they're getting some type of compliance. Now they know, hey, after all this gas has been put off into this house, like I told you, when I arrived on scene, you could see it looked like a smokestack. Right. I mean, that's how much CS gas was in there. So we knew he was he was alive now. We, we knew he was in there. Right. Um, and, you know, that was probably, I'd say, two, three hours in. I mean, this case started at 3.30 in the afternoon. This probably happened around 5.30, 6 o'clock. So we still got a good amount of daylight left, right. you know. Um, so he's barricading himself in, and things are not looking good for the figurines. No, absolutely not. That, that, that's a real turn to the negative for the figurines, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah not, I, mean, not I see on all your faces you're sharing my concern. 
Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you that that house uh, was in the process of uh, the early stage of being destroyed. Okay. And, and that was uh, not only that is, but what you see there, you see all the CS gas, and I mean, there's just people everywhere. So I mean, there's there's forty, fifty personnel there on scene. You know, there's a one, two block radius that's been shut off, but all you see is just you know emergency services, and uh, you know it just continued on and continued on, and then you know eventually the night started to fall, right? And that's where we start looking back, and you know we we question ourselves a little bit because when he hammered that door shut from the inside, that was the last time we heard of him, seen him. Uh, for for hours at this point right. going forward now as the night falls. Williamson County exhausted all their res- resources, mm-hmm. needed additional, so that's when Travis County came in and did the same type of tactics, right? Uh, and now we're looking at probably 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock at night. It's a summer day. It's anywhere from 105 to 110 degrees. Uh, so we know that, you know, I mean, we're, we're getting dehydrated. I right. mean, we're out there in the heat. Uh, and we know he's in more heat because of the CS gas and everything there. There's no AC in the house. So that the AC has been removed. The AC unit has been removed from the house because we had to pull. We're talking about a pure beam home. That's when SWAT has to look underneath the house as well, take the underskirting out so they can look in there. Um, I, I mean, the SWAT teams, they did an outstanding job. They helped us, you know, because they were more, uh, I think, ballistically prepared with their tactics right. by going in this house, cutting holes in the sheetrock. You know, they had the pole cams looking up in the attic. So, you know, it could be a camera up there on a pole cam versus our head, right? right. Uh, because this guy said he's going to shoot officers. But, right. uh, yeah, eventually uh, those, those SWAT teams, uh, Travis County and Williamson County, were like, hey, we, we've tried our best. This is all we can do. Because, like you said, the sheriff was like, you know, it looked like Swiss cheese. That's exactly, exactly what it looked like. Uh, but now it's in the dark. Five or six of us stay back, mm-hmm. uh, stay there on scene. In addition to some of the, like, two or three of the uh, Wilco SWAT guys are on the task force. Uh, like one or two Taylor police officers and the fire department. And the fire department is key at this time. They like, were the heroes. Yeah. Like yeah. Tyler and Gary said they, they were definitely the heroes. Uh, they showed up with their you know ladder truck and had, had the lights and lit it up. And we're like, man, if we would have had this light all night, it would have been a lot better. But we have it now when we need it because, you know, we probably lost three quarters of a 75% probably of our manpower. Oh, at least. And one of the firefighters has the bright idea to give Mike um, a saw. Oh, yeah. Saw through the wall. Chainsaw, yeah. We could hear a little bit of noise somewhere in the house finally this late at night. And uh, I turned around to the fire department and asked them if they had a saw. And they opened up the side of their truck. And, you know, it was every saw you could possibly want. (laughs) An arsenal uh, of saws. Yeah, there was at least half a dozen different saws. And I said, I'll, you know, I pointed to one and said, I'll take that chainsaw. And they took it off the side of the truck for me and started it up. And we started cutting a couple of beams. So you decide, and I'm assuming, are you an armchair contractor? No, not right now. So when you're choosing to cut a beam, do you know if it's a structural beam? Is it there as it was, decoration, or how do you know that this I, isn't the entirety of this house? It's not like we Jenga were, that it, the whole thing's going to come down. As soon as uh, Mike cut through that beam, Gary <laughs> grabbed me by the shoulders and take that damn saw away from him before the house falls in. <laughs> so at that point, I it think was he, a good idea, Mike. <laughs> at that point, I took the saw away I and I hung on to it, and it was pretty much right after that is when. Uh, Brandon observed uh, the target underneath the house. Well, before that, somebody wanted to flood the bottom of the house. Also, yeah, that oh. was that was. I brought can't up remember too. who that was, but no, 
No, yeah, that was we're we not. Yeah, we're not going to drown him. I think you got to back up a little bit here and and look at the, look at it. these officers once they get on the scent per se. Uh, there's no giving. There's no going back. There's no right. giving them up. We have to do what we have to do for the safety of others. I mean, right. Well, he's I, clearly made the choice. Right. Of, he, what, of what you're going to have to do to get him. And he did not care that it was his mother's house, right. even though a lot of times these guys are like led off on family. You know, I'm here to take care of my family or I'm, you know, I didn't want to go to jail because I had to, I'm supporting my mom or whatever, right. which is totally BS, you know. Right, right, right. They don't care. But I didn't harm any figurines or gnomes at the time. The figurines either, so, survived. Yeah. The chainsaw it, got it, it nowhere was, near the figurines? No, Okay, no. that's – thank you. That's Because yeah. I, I know where people's heads are listening to this. Something happens to those figurines, there's a good chance mom, mom's going to do the job for you. So when the SWAT teams uh, – both those SWAT teams demobilized, we have this uh, device that uh, one of our deputies had. Uh, we call him Cord. Cord had this device. He was all into new technology, and we just got it. Well, pretty much it's a, some type of monitoring device – it's kind of like a tablet that you hold, and it'll, it'll give you some type of indication if there's an active pulse within a certain radius, right? So we got this brand-new machine. We hadn't been trained on it, and Cord's probably used it a couple times just to, you know, tinker with it around the house. Right. So we go to Cord, and we're like, hey, try your machine. Let's go. And I remember Cord putting it on the wall of every side of the, of the house, and uh, he's, he's detecting a faint pulse. And I say faint because he would have it, and then he would lose it. So we come to the conclusion that, hey, this guy's moving around somewhere. He's going right. from this side of the house to the other side. And finally, you know, we get a stronger pulse. So we finally get the gas mask that the SWAT teams left us to go in this, in this back room. And uh, myself and somebody else, it might have been you, Caverly, that came in behind me. And we're like, all right, we got it. We- I came in on that one. And that's when the trinkets come into play. Yeah, trinkets came into play. And, uh, you know, like I said, it, we have the mask on, so we have a little bit, little bit of uh, – Obstruction, right? Like we can't see it's clear because you got this mask in front of you, and uh, we chase down this this pulse that's in this back bedroom, and it's a dog. It's like this white poodle dog. So we take out the dog, and we're like, this is what it was hitting on the whole time. So from there we start right. again, and cord is running this this you know type of device, and sometimes we get a heart heartbeat or a pulse and we're like you know is it there is it not because we're like are we even reading this machine correctly right, right right and it just reminds me of another podcast episode we did when they were looking for eric freen who had killed a pennsylvania state trooper and they had narrowed him down to a barn or so they thought and they had a machine like that as well but it turned out to be the biggest raccoon in the history of mankind so this is not an uncommon thing where you're not really sure what you're going to get yeah it's new device too so you're thinking you're out there for hours right and you're just like when you see that pulse be activated on that device like oh my god he's still in there and then you bring out a dog you're right so you kind of you had your high you got your low um and then you know you pick it up again and we're like all right he's still in there so you still you it's still making you you know get that adrenaline you're still going and that's finally i think about 12 30 at night i finally said i'm gonna look one more time under this house and that's when I peeked under the house one more time. And that's when about, from me to you, so that's about 10 feet away. Right. I'm looking under this house, and I see this pile of leaves. Because under these houses that are pure beam, you know, you get a lot of, of you know, foliage under there from, like, the leaves and stuff from the right. trees, you know, the season before. Well, I see this pile of leaves there in the corner, and the pile of leaves raise and lowers. Well, it was him breathing. It was his stomach moving up and down. He was in a ghillie suit. Um, and at that time, I think I, I yelled, you know, he's effing in here. I, you I, jumped I, up about 10 feet. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
was standing right next to you. <laughs> and drilling went through the roof, and I think you could probably hear me say the F word about two or three blocks down, especially at 1230 yeah. at night. This is Texas. Wouldn't you expect in that crawl space underneath the house, and it's damp, it's dark, wouldn't you expect the Texas brown recluse to be, or the scorpions, or snakes? Rattlesnakes. Uh, I mean, yeah, probably. I, Man, is, is, is going back to jail much worse than, than taking your chance down there? Yeah. By this time, the gas already seeped into the floor. So he right. was smelling it down there in the crawl space. Because when I opened that, uh, when we opened that up, there was I could see the gas in there. I was like, man, this guy's suffering. But how do you think he survived with the, uh, you know, with the gas kind of maybe staying above it, but perhaps below it, but there was so much of it. His his face was full of... When we took him... After we were able to get him out, he was just... His face was packed full of mud. So he was stuffing his face in the mud to avoid the gas. The interview with him afterwards, he, he, he stated that he did wet the towels and wrap them around his face and, and buried his face into the mud underneath the house to, to avoid the gas. Uh-huh. And it worked, I guess, for, yeah, for I, most of the time. I'm assuming he learned a lot of this stuff from being in prison prior, mm-hmm. jumping okay. in the shower and stuff like that. Yeah, right. probably the carpet and some of the floor soaked up some of the gas from penetrating underneath the house because we didn't have a hole in the floor just yet for the gas to seep through the floor itself. But it does show his dedication to it. And like the sheriff said, is we were all out there for hours and you have to get some food, you have to get some water and everything else. This kid's underneath the house for eight hours right. with none of that besides you ask any SWAT team member and you pump that much gas into a house and you don't get a cough or any kind of signs then we're we're starting to think you know well he's done took his own life you know? right he's he's done right right and what was his demeanor when you when you got him out I and mean, what did he well what was the first thing somebody he said? tase him yeah when oh brandon and i mm-hmm. went over to the garage there was a uh piece of I don't even know what that was. It was maybe one by three or whatever that made the wall of the garage. And we had a little hole that was three or four inches long. And uh, we kind of met eye to eye. And he, he says, just kill me. And I said, no, we're not doing that. And Brandon then saw him crawl away from the wall. And uh, I think I gave you my taser. We went around to the inside of the house where Tyler was and the hole in the floor and the stairs. I remember we took him to the hospital. In a ghillie suit. And he was in a ghillie suit. And I remember we were at the hospital. It was it was I and Brandon. Did you go, Gary? I was there. And uh, anyways, I, we were talking to him. And I was like, what the hell is the deal with the ghillie suit, man? And he's like, look. He's like, there was a small little opening in the corner where Brandon saw him. He's like, I was just going to crawl out and hope you guys didn't see me. And that's how I was going to get away at night. This is after this is after everybody left, and I was like, we were standing right there, man. He's like, well, I was just hoping you wouldn't see me. So, all right, that was his uh, his whole thought process on him trying to escape our right. custody, right? But we can back up a little bit because uh, we also went inside the house, and that's when I saw some trinkets fly. No, yeah, oh. the whole shelf uh, to get where we needed to go uh, was kind of in the way, and uh, they went across the living room. I'm not going to name any names, but I know it wasn't me. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. Not me either because you took my chainsaw, so I was pouting. <laughs> That's If you're driving, pull over, take a moment, let that sink in. But it seems like uh, 
the tr- we're just going to say right now, the trinkets were a... Casualty. Casualty, yeah. Yep. But I don't, did we break any of them, though? Oh, I don't know. I, I don't think they broke. They okay. just They went flying. Yeah. They well, went we flying, just, but I don't think we broke any. All right, let's go with that. It's, yeah. it's, it's a happy ending. We're just... That's that's the way we're going to... Well, we're going to talk about the trinkets. He he actually moved the, the, the shelf, the little stand that they were on, moved them enough to crawl on, up underneath the stairwell, and correct me if I'm wrong, crawled under the stairwell and then took his shoestring around the bottom of the the little stand they were on and pulled the the stand back to the wall so no one could see where he went in the hole he had cut. Oh, wow. escape underneath the stairwell. Okay, I'm going to just ask this. Do you think that mom knew that and that therefore was saying don't touch the trinkets because she knew that there was a hole? No. Okay. No, no, she, she didn't did not. know at all. All right. And I think he hammered through the floor, didn't he? Yeah, I think so. Well, there was a okay. usually in those houses. There's always a trap door, like to get to the bottom of the house, right. your, your plumbing repairs or whatever. And that that compartment of that trap door was right under the staircase, uh, where there was like the trinkets, the shelves, and, and the right. couch. And but when we went in initially and searched before we even found him, I was like, "There's no way he went through this trap door because the cutout." My back then, I was probably a hundred and. 60 pounds soaking wet and i was like i couldn't even fit through there i don't think this guy's gonna fit through there right well sure enough after we got him into custody you know after mikey and tyler pulled him out from under the house after being tased a couple of times uh that's when we started talking to him on the way to the hospital you know because he was dehydrated he's starting to come back slowly to uh to normal life um is when he said he goes i use a shoestring and that's exactly what he did it was just a little uh trap door he said, I took my shoelace off, I wrapped it around the doorknob and shut it and flushed because on these houses, if you don't level them out every so often, right, they'll go off level. So the uh-huh. doors will kind of drag a little bit in the house, so you got to pull them real hard to shut. Uh-huh. So it's not a free open and closed door, right? It needs a little bit of a force. So he says, I put the shoestring around the knob and pulled it tight so it shut. Okay. And uh, But that's hmm. just, you know, the type of stuff that these guys go through is like the sheriff says is, you know, we think now, looking back, that he he had a, he had an escape plan. If hey, if authorities come to my house, this is what I'm gonna try to do right. for one last endeavor. Okay. You know, because that's their opportunity to make us look bad. Right. And that's why it's a big thing now. Once we get eyes on, now we got to get containment. Right. Right. But, and uh, and it's safe to say that after your visit to the house, the value of the home has decreased. Oh, absolutely. So when Brandon. Uh, saw him in the, I guess it would be the Alpha Bravo corner of the house. Uh, he uh, kind of, he went back to the center where I ended up cutting the holes with the chainsaw towards the garage, which would have been on the Alpha Delta corner. But uh, we began ripping the skirting around the house 360 all the way around. Everything was, and at that time, I'm pretty sure uh, I saw the uh, central air outside flew across, I don't know how, it flew that far. And so somebody is going to have to pay for this. And a lot of people think that it will be law enforcement because they uh, essentially demolished the house. And and I do feel bad for mom. I mean, she was renting this property and uh, responsible for it. And she was not complicit in any way, shape or form and probably didn't know what her son was going to get up to. So I feel a, a certain level of sympathy for her, empathy for her. So does law enforcement pay uh, pay for this? Let the sheriff answer that because he does all that budgeting. Mom was very well liked in the neighborhood by uh, all the folks that lived there. And uh, like Brandon said earlier, you know, there was easily 50 plus people there. 
all day, all night long. So it garnered some attention. And so the neighbors were well-versed in what was going on and, and, and the commotion in their neighborhood. So after everybody packed up their toys and went home and he was in custody and we left this path of destruction, so to speak, uh, she relied on the kindness of her neighbors to help at least make her house safe uh-huh. where someone couldn't come in and just steal her stuff. And they helped her board it up, replace doors, et cetera, et cetera. So I start forwarding, uh, forwarding all the phone calls from these neighbors. Was that completely necessary? Why do you go through those lengths? Oh, my God, how dare you? And I took those for about a week. I said, well, you know, Who's going to pay for this? I said, well, unfortunately, that's what insurance is for. That's what, you know, lawsuits, that's the court. You know, we'll come out and, and if we kick your door in, we'll put a, you know, a, a piece of plywood up. But, you know, we're not in the business of repairing people's homes because you're you're harboring a fugitive. Right. You know? And that's something I'll argue. And, uh, and I got pizza to pay for, by God. And so, <laughs> you know, uh, uh but we fielded that for weeks on who was going to pay. And I and finally I said, you know, start complaining to the marshals. Start complaining to the parole board. Start complaining to somebody else. File an insurance claim. But don't just think I'm going to show up with a checkbook and, and turn your house into the Taj Mahal because it doesn't happen that way. Right. And, uh, and, and this is not – I live this world, but I was the only one there, so to speak, that had patches all over my shirts that said Williamson County. <laughs> Nobody knew who else was out there right. but us. Right. And so I'm the, you know, I'm the default complaint, you know. And uh, I don't know if you've ever tried to complain on a U.S. Marshal. It doesn't happen. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever tried to <laughs> complain on a uh, Texas State Trooper. It doesn't happen. But you can always complain on a sheriff because we're the only ones who are elected. Right. And so your phone call will get answered. So. So, uh, yes, they probably went the route of getting the runaround for about two weeks and then just gave up. But law enforcement, to be clear, does not pay. If I'm at fault, then yes. Right. If you but were it, at fault, you guys would replace the absolutely. house and make it the Taj Mahal. Yes. But, but in this case. Going back to the initial sentence, I can only guarantee your safety for five more minutes. Right. And that was a choice he made. Right. All right, so with the Marshal Service on the federal side of things, uh, we'll, we'll provide them with a tort claim that, mm-hmm. that may or may not cover uh, that property damage that was sustained while in the pursuit of that fugitive. Uh, but uh, it's usually up to our report writing, right? Because that's somebody at the Office of General Counsel is going to look at this report and say, okay, what do these deputies do to get to this point? Uh, but the rumor mill was, uh, you know, it's going back, let's go back to the scene is when Aaron called our supervisor, Hector Gomez, at the time and said, you know, you got to come out here. You got to come look at this. He goes, you'll, you'll never, you've never seen this kind of destruction. I want to make sure a supervisor sees this before I go home. So Hector comes out there. You know, we take all the pictures and everything. We go back to the office, load it up, write, you know, our extent reports. And uh, I think months later, it came back that it was anywhere between twenty dollars to $25,000 worth damage, and the Marshal Service did not pay for it. Uh, therefore, it was left... That pro- that uh, damage was left uh, with the owner because this right. this family the the target uh, they were renting that place. Right, you certainly feel for the owner of the property as well. The moral of the story is: don't hide in your house if you value it. 
Well, at least in Texas, because uh, the Marshalls and uh, Williamson County and Travis County, they will literally destroy your house to find you. Did I say that about right? Yeah, that's about right. I mean, okay. when, when, once we know that there's life in there and that, and that fugitive is in that house, I mean, in this particular case and all the other ones, when we go through the full extent to, uh, you know, bring him to justice. Right, right, okay. Any means necessary. And I'm assuming that there's nobody who can send any money to donate to the Williamson County Pizza Fund? Like you've, <laughs> as now that you're the sheriff, you've kind of uh, fixed that situation? We have fixed that situation. Okay. Excellent. Since, <laughs> since all of us live up there, we're paying in taxes to the fund, so we're good. Thanks, everybody, for coming and uh, sharing the story and giving us a, some unique insight. If you like what you hear, please... Give us a uh, five out of five star rating. Give us a glowing review and help us spread the word. Tell your friends. And finally, Chasing Evil is produced with the cooperation of the United States Marshal Service and contains interviews with current and retired employees as well as other persons. Opinions, positions, and views expressed by any of them may not reflect the official views, positions, or policies of the United States Marshal Service. Be safe, everyone. Thanks to State Farm for supporting this show and helping our listeners protect their businesses and lives. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.